0: Well, hey there! Welcome to the in between. We're so glad you could join us. I am back this week, but Paul is out. Yep. So it's just you being... guys are always slacking. One of you guys is always slacking. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm saying that from home, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, moving on. Um... <laughs> we are we are finally into Daniel six. And speaking of hypocrisy, and I mean, <laughs> just just jumping right in there, finally into Daniel six. I mean, it feels like this has been quite a quite an introduction into Daniel six. Yeah, that we've had these these five chapters, um, and somewhat fitting. This is, I mean, this is. Uh, we were just talking. It's a good time to to talk about what we have, uh, what we've seen. Yeah. Um, what 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 has what has happened so far um and we've in, in Daniel 3 uh or Daniel 6 verse 3 uh Daniel distinguished himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary or excellent spirit right so the cl- king planned to set him over the whole realm um i mean talk about what you want huh. Excuse me, i got to turn off my notifications. <laughs> Rookie. That's right. Um, talk about things you want to be, to have said about you. Especially a competitor
1: administration, so to speak. I mean, this right. is.
0: Across, this across administration.
1: Now, yeah. This is now a Persian general. Yeah. Who, you know, meets Daniel and he's 70, 80, 90 years old. And within a year or so, he is saying, hey, this guy's one of my top three. I've got a whole bunch of satraps, you know, like mayors and stuff. And I'm going to put three governors, three top leaders over them. And this guy's one of those three. Right. And he was... You know, technically, I guess in some way, number three in the kingdom before. Although I don't think that counts under Belshazzar.
0: That can't count. But he was
1: he was essentially number two under Nebuchadnezzar, right? And I mean, that's pretty it's pretty significant. Like that's pretty that's pretty amazing when you consider that. You don't see that a lot. You will see a lot of um. Uh, you know, people who are moved from one administration to another move, move from one kingdom to another. Well, let's just go all the way,
0: all the way back. I mean, he was a slave. Yeah. He was brought to Babylon as a slave. I mean, and then it didn't get much lower than that. Yeah. that um, it, It's just the, the whole thing, um, the, this, Daniel and Joseph, you, we've talked about this before. Daniel and Joseph, we just we we see in both of these stories um, this incredibly strong. Uh, I don't even know the the word that I'm looking for. It, it, the drive to do the right thing, even when you've got pressure against you the entire way. Yep. It's like these guys are swimming upstream you know, the entire time and they just keep pushing on. It is, it is really impressive. And, and here's, what's wild about the two of them.
1: I mean, you've, you've got to really go to pretty extraordinary lengths. I mean, you got to either in Daniel's case, silence, the fact that he's not in Daniel chapter three. Yeah. In, in Joseph's case, you got to kind of get onto him for having a divine, a divination cup in his possession. Right. Right. And then you know you can argue that, you know, you can argue that that's a the way he treated his brothers was sketchy, but it could be just confused, and it certainly wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been.
0: Oh no! Like it, you know, some of that is, I, I mean, it, 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 I could definitely explain that one with yeah. with just, you know, your your older siblings are always your older siblings, and you're always going to have that you know, certain relationship oh. with them. They sold him into slavery. <laughs> he's not, not, he's not, not exactly sure what to do is not sure. Not sure how he's supposed to play this yet. Right. So, um, and the, you know, in my mind, the diviner cup, um, could have just been um, a gift that somebody gave him because he's an important person of that.
1: Right. Uh, but it's not like there's a, there's not a chapter that starts, David and Bathsheba. No. There's, and every other character in the Bible yeah. has a chapter like that or half a life like that. Yeah. And so it's just, it's wild to have these two men and Daniel, even the most, more extraordinary of the two in a lot of ways. But
0: Sorry. Every other character except for Jesus. Right. Except Jesus. Going to go ahead and say that one, the, the, we didn't have, <laughs> didn't have that there either.
1: That's right. You don't have the chapter of him messing up, Mm -mm. but it is, it is wild. Their, their account is extraordinary. Their accounts and Daniel's is extraordinary and it's years. I mean, and, and with Daniel's it's again, you may be at this stage in his life. We may be looking at 60 or 70 years
0: Mm
1: -hmm. of, of service Yeah. And we, what we get that's so extraordinary on Daniel in this chapter, and there's a verse in this chapter we're going to work to memorize as a church, because it's, it's one of those best verses when it comes to when we face persecution, when we face a government that no longer partners as well with us and that kind of stuff more and more, um, is, is, is the idea that they nothing can be found against him. Right. So you, what you have is a, is a population of governors and government leaders who um, they put all their energy into finding something about him. Right. And they can't find anything. Nothing. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That's just, that's absurd to me. I mean, I just, how hard would it be if for the CIA or FBI or someone like that to follow, to say, you know, we just want to find something that embarrasses Chris, or we're going to find something that embarrasses John. That's going to, well, for me, it'd be
0: really easy. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I
1: think that's true for, it feels like that would be true for all of us.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's who we're dealing with is, is the, the, the other, heads of this government, you know, aside from the, you know, king of this city. Right. The next people, like the next administrators down, those are the people trying to find something on you. I mean, if there's if there's anything, they're gonna find it. Right. So even in like really small things, Daniel's got the spirit of excellence. Right. Yeah, there's 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 a level of
1: like there's a level of in the language, the spirit of excellence, which is poured out as uh they could find no complaint against him with the kingdom, right? They could no, find no ground for complaint in any fault. He was faithful, he didn't have errors. Uh, um I heard a pastor that they say, like obviously this doesn't mean that Daniel is, you know, some kind of sinless perfection. No. And that's, that's not what's being claimed about him. What's being claimed is that there was, there's nothing significant enough to for them to feel like they could draw any attention to, like there's nothing they go. Well, I mean, he's not perfect, but the stuff we would be bringing up is just
0: ridiculous. Or we are doing way worse. than.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's a, <laughs> yeah, I think they could probably assume that at a lot of levels. So but he's just—I
0: mean, again, he's been—he's been the right hand or a, a trusted advisor for for all these different administrations or all these different kingships, however you want to call that—and—and and inside of each of those, each of those men coming from different places, understanding things differently, like they all see something in Daniel, um, in the way that he handles things in the way that he not only is able to, um, I don't want to minimize, you know, the, these big stories that we've looked at because right. that's that we see God working in him in miraculous ways. Um, and they tend to still see Daniel being the key there instead of God, um, right. which is of course. Yep. what Daniel would fight against. Um, but in, in the midst of, uh even just the way that he's taking care of his like his job in this chapter that seems to be what they're describing there's he's trustworthy there's no charge or corruption that can be found with him and right. i mean you got to believe that that was just rampant um in especially right. in times where um powers changing hands so quickly um and and when you see someone who who is thwarting that is is yep. not letting themselves go there. I think I think that's what especially some like a, a general like Darius um, uh, can can see in someone like, oh, he's not playing around.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. And if anyone was going to have evidence, of little things here or there, and you're right during a time of transition because we don't know who these other – I mean, if, if Darius is taking on Daniel, is he taking on other leaders from this time? Yeah. Are these new leaders, these new Persian leaders, are some of these old Babylonian leaders? And we know there's how squirrely and weaselly some of them are. And so
0: – Yeah, it was one of, the, were any he, of those guys in the
1: party? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, um, apparently a bunch of them were because they couldn't translate the – um. But so here's my, you know, how do you, how do you, the level of, of corruption that must have been going on that you would assume is going on everywhere. And then what boggles my mind is they see him as such a threat. Yeah. He's going to be put number one over them. Right here. You have an 80 or 90 year old man. I mean, it can't just wait. It's they, they see him as such a threat. They hate him so much. Right. They can't go like. Listen. Let him. Who? You know what? It'll be fine. Give it a couple of years at the most. But they're not. No. They want him gone
0: now. Yeah, and they, I think there's two. You know, I can at least relate to two parts of humanity um, inside of that. There's there's the part of humanity that that I I feel like I have seen um, that. That's, that's just power hungry that just cannot yeah. you know abide not being the guy yeah um like that that seems to be obviously part of this is that they they just they can't stand um and maybe the other two administrators like see things eye to eye maybe they're just taking Daniel out first because he's the bigger fish and then they're gonna go at each other like I don't yeah I don't know, um, but that that seems to be definitely part of this, and then the other part of it being, and this this I relate to personally because I struggle with this um, in an in an ugly sinful way. So praying for go. praying for John, um, <laughs> the the time where you see somebody else doing something really well, and you know a lot of times you can you can attribute something like success in someone and and the way that they're handling it is is just arrogant yeah um, cuz if they if they knew how good i would do it then they would be more humble about that and you know right. uh you you just want to bring someone else down in order to feel better about yourself and that's so ugly like that, it is. that's it's it's terrifying to realize that in yourself and i remember actually the first time that i noticed this in myself was i was watching a movie um okay. there's a an older movie uh called amadeus Oh, remember Amadeus? Yeah. Uh and in Amadeus um i can't remember the other composer's name. So so Solari so, so, something like that. Yeah. Um he's like he's like a a bigwig. You know, he's he's like a court composer. Um Yeah. And and he has enjoyed whatever but you know, he he sees the uh the songs that he's given as given to him by God. Right. Actually, you know, at at one point like comes up with a tune and looks up at a crucifix and says Thank you. Grazie, signori. Like yes, he's sir. he's you know, and and you you see this kind of like devotion inside of him uh, to to God, and and you you know, as Mozart shows up and he's this like uh, worldly um, idiot. I mean, yeah, just fool. Yeah, but totally. he's a prodigy. Yeah, he's, I so mean, he's so incredibly gifted and so incredibly t- like like his i mean I, I I say gifted also you know you kind of get a a little bit of the backstory of his father just being super disciplined and like rigid with him and I'm sure there was a lot of work that went into that but he's he's kind of bucking that now and is you know over the top in so many ways and and ridiculous and 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 he sees. Basically, he's he's seeing the gift that God has given him being given more to this other person, and he can't right. stand it. It drives him right. crazy like this. But I, I'm watching this story, and as a uh, I don't know teenager um, or something, I'm watching the story and being like, "Wow, I relate more with uh, Ciliai yeah, than Ciliary. than Mozart." Like, absolutely, and yeah. And he basically destroys Mozart, um, in this yep. movie. I don't. I mean, I don't know the factual backing for it's any of that, but, it's pretty fictional. Okay, but it was. I, I didn't matter because it it accomplished what it needed to inside of me. That I was like, oh my gosh, I am so <laughs> ugly. I'm I'm the bad guy.
1: Yep, that's a great. And that whole movie is about that principle. It really is. Yes. That's the principle that movie is about. With you know, it opens with the priest coming in to his. Uh, where he is in the sanitarium yeah. and he plays music and the priest is like no, 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 that one no, never heard that one, no, never heard that one yeah. and then he plays another one and the guy's like yes yeah, I
0: know that one, I'm, yeah and of course it's you're in the audience
1: and you're in the audience doing the exact same thing going no, I don't know um, he plays that one like oh yeah, 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 that one I've heard that one many times and that's I guess because that's Mozart
0: yeah, that's Mozart
1: <laughs> yeah but this, this, so this lust, it was, we we're saying the lust for power. It is one of the ugliest things about humans. Yeah. The, the insecurity version of it that we have the drive for it that we have. Again, it's, it was interesting to me because I was, I really think I must've been taught at some point in church that ambition was a sin. Yeah. Ha- ambition was another word for discontent. Mm. And, um, and then reading in First Peter, for example, it talks about how leading in the church is a godly ambition. Like that, that's a totally appropriate ambition. Yeah. And so it's not wrong to want influence, even power. Power is not evil in and of itself. It's no. a. Um, but it goes back to that picture we've talked about of, you know, God. You see through the Bible, God slam slap people down a little bit when they seek to make their own name great. Right. But then you have passages where it talks about God making Abraham's name. Great. Yeah. Or God telling someone, I'm going to make your name great. Right. So it's not, it's not the, you know, the great name or even the ambition for that or the implications there. It is just that when we seek to make it about ourselves and that's why you end up with this really kind of, in my opinion, almost ridiculous account here, on the side of Darius and of Darius's officials, to they are that worried about Daniel being made their boss.
0: Yeah. And
1: that it's worth to them to to make that not happen. That that's a we get this whole account and it doesn't end well. It it turns out when you humiliate. Uh, you know, a 62 year old general who has conquered large, been involved with conquering a lot of the known world. Mm-hmm. You, 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 then you humiliate him in one of his, in his leadership role here. It's not in the end, it's not going to go well for you. No, this isn't going to work out well. So um, that's just how that has to be. He doesn't
0: he didn't forgive that. Right. Exactly. The, exactly. Yeah. And I just going back to like the, the idea, I don't think it was ever taught to me that ambition was wrong. Um, I I feel like it would it was definitely implied sometimes in uh, different situations. Um, because we in the church, I feel like I was taught um, the value or the the importance or the holiness even of deference of um, humility, especially humility. Like yeah. that that's you. God opposes the proud, <laughs> like. Right. And, that, and, humble. and, you know, as a, as a, especially as a teenage boy and then, you know, early twenties and, uh, late thirties, um, it's super important thing to keep in the front of your mind because it slips so easily to the back of your mind, um, that this isn't about you, um, right. that, and I think that's where, that's where, you know, that comes in is, is that, uh, um, you know, God can make your name great. He can, he can choose to do that. But if we ever forget that it's him doing that and not us doing that, like that's his job and not our job. And he chooses who he's going to uh, show his power through. And he's a better judge of that than we are. Like, you know, we get indignant because we see somebody else and we're like, that person's not worthy of your, you know, favor. And right. but we don't, we're not in charge of that at all. Yeah. We don't know how that goes. And, you know, he knows how to make his name great better than we do. Um, so I always get, um, I get a little bit put off sometimes in worship services when, um, worship leaders are, uh, it feels like to me too quick to talk about certain things and they, they will, you know, declare things over what they're doing or what we're doing inside of a worship service. Um, one of them being, Lord, we make your name great or things like right. that. And it's like, I, I don't feel like we do. We we want to remind ourselves and everyone else, tell everyone what he has done. Right, um, But... He has done the work. He's he's making his name great. Um, we get to uh, shout what we see, and that's fantastic and wonderful. But if we ever forget who's actually doing it, that's when we man, just miss it. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what's so dangerous.
0: Yeah. That tendency
1: is... That's not good, and then we we end up finding ourselves feeling the need to protect our
0: power. Yeah. Oh man, so that, so much insecurity that, there. Right. We feel the need to protect.
1: It's it's um you know for all the for uh, you know all its flaws that book the tale of three kings that that we read and look at one of the great strengths that it is, is Peter is, is, Peter is David's speech. When he says, I did not fight to create, I didn't, I'm not the one who made me King. Right. And I'm not going to fight to stay King.
0: And then so good. Yep. It's I don't think we've point. talked, I love that book. I don't think we've talked about its flaws. Yeah. You mean, you mean David's flaws or the flaws of the book? Oh, the book. We're going to need to talk about that sometime. It'll <clears throat> be good. Um, I, love
1: it. I read it every year out loud to a group of students, but um, it also has some little, some little problems in it. Okay. No biggies, no biggies.
0: Well, that's, I mean, it's great. We should, we should probably talk about that sometime. That'd be fun. That sounds um, good. But yeah, no, I, and we were talking actually yesterday about, you know, um, insecurities and, and the, the like fear of, of losing, um. you know, sometimes it's influence. Sometimes it's, it's just your, your, for me, especially my place on, on a team or on, you know, in, uh, in life, it's it, some of some of us have abandonment fears. <laughs> I don't know if that relates to anybody out there listening. Um, but, uh, that's like super scary to some people. I'm not naming any names. Um, <clears throat> John Redfern, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, when when you when you're faced with a fear like that it's amazing how much your character can change yeah or nah, not change but be revealed Be tested yeah or be revealed yeah like that's that's a you know and and if if nothing else like honestly and here's here's something that I want to say right now to everybody as well if if you find yourself in that position um i think sometimes like, there's a you, you see the desperation, you even like notice, like, like, you realize it. Um, and and there's like this it's 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 like a transition that happens real quickly from like terror at that knowing that that's there, and then just resignation to having to do whatever it is that you've set in your mind as the thing that's going to keep your, you know, relieve that. Fear that you can accomplish, um, and like you, you have to like stop and realize that everybody has those fears. Everybody has those like struggles in their, you know, physiology, uh, for physiology. Sorry, um, in their brain for controlling something in that moment, and and you've got to like understand that that's not abnormal, but you don't have to do it. <laughs> like you don't have right. to, you don't have to follow through with that. Um, that's not, that's not necessary. This is a great moment to understand humility and to say that was, I understand that was weakness in me. That was, this is everything inside of me crying out that I need Jesus today. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Man, very cool. Well, we're super excited uh, to to talk through this beginning of chapter six on Sunday and to talk about uh, Daniel um, and his uh, uh, the. The way that God has blessed him and uh, um, allowed him to be the kind of man that they have to find a charge against him regarding the law of his God. I mean, that's that's the only way to bring him down is if something about God can can do it. So that's right. That's the kind of people we want to be. That's exactly right. You can bring me down that way. Go for it. More more power to you. That's right. right.